Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Snake Oil Radio Show. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today, whether you're catching the show live or uh, in archive. Uh, welcome. Uh, uh, my name is Jim Ventura, and if it's your first time tuning in to the show, a little bit about me. I am a professional navigational consultant. That means my expertise in this case is in astrology and numerology, uh, tarot, rune stones, all kinds of different types of oracles. I do um, uh, counseling, uh, life coaching, uh, insight sessions live here, live, well, of course, live here in my home office in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, also, my phone, if you want any information about any of that stuff, go to my website, jimventura.com, easy enough to find. And uh, I'm also a blog columnist. I write a monthly column called Snake Oil as well. And uh, you can uh, get it to my monthly newsletter mailing list by emailing me at venturasag at yahoo.com to get on the monthly newsletter mailing list. gives you access to my column, discounts on sessions, all kinds of good information and good things uh, coming through that way once a month. Okay. Uh, this is our, uh, our uh, let's say weekly, I don't always go weekly, but it's at least every other week, about three times a month. Got some different themes for our shows. Uh, this particular show that we're doing uh, today is a continuation of the Michael teachings. If you missed the first show, which was last month, you can catch that on archive. In fact, just a reminder to everybody listening, you can catch any of the shows I've ever done on archive. They are all there. So um, if you get some free time, some of those. You'll see a lot of shows that I've done on subjects that might be very helpful to you. Uh, but we're continuing on with the Michael teachings. So um, I'm not going to, I don't want to give you too much background on that just because uh, I did a lot of that in the last show. So um, just a little quick update. And then again, if you want a little more insight on where this is coming from, go back to the first show uh, a little later on. Uh, you can listen to this show if you haven't listened to the first show, of course. But uh, uh, you, you might get some a little extra insight into where a lot of this is coming from. So uh, basically the Michael system is a channeled system of information. Uh, the books originally were by Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough, uh, Messages from Michael, More Messages from Michael, Michael's People, Michael for the Millennium, many different Michael channels and channel books that were in the 70s, 80s, and even the 90s. Um, I don't really know if there's any new books coming out at this point in the game, but a lot of the books still be accessed. Uh, by some excellent authors, highly, highly recommended. And uh, the, you know, the thing about the Michael channeling and the Michael system is it's very practical. Uh, it's a bit mathematical. Don't get scared off. I've told people this before. Get a bit of math to Michael, but nothing that's overwhelming. Everything is broken into sevens uh, for the most part in the Michael teachings. So don't get too overwhelmed by the math. It's the information itself. I, I know of no channeled system of information that is more practically useful than this. I cannot emphasize this enough, and you'll really begin to see that if you listen through today's show to get some insight into soul age, which is what we're going to talk about today. So, you know, the basic premise behind the Michael teachings is that we live through reincarnational cycles. Um, once we commit to a planet, in this case, we're talking about Earth here. We're not getting into alien stuff at the moment, even though, according to Michael, there's tons of uh, infinite amount of planets and places a person can incarnate and go through their reincarnational cycles. But the idea behind the Michael teaching is that once you've committed to being born on the Earth, um, you will finish your Earth cycle lives. You will go through stages of soul age development uh, and reincarnate 
until um, we complete our cycle here. So when we're talking about reincarnation, in those terms, we're looking at you know anywhere from the minimum, probably realistically, to 40 lifetimes to possibly thousands in a cycle before we quote-unquote cycle off and begin to move permanently into the astral plane and then work our way back to the Tao or God through the, all the other seven planes of existence. Talked about all that in the last show. I want to stay focused on this show about soul age itself and how that affects us here on the physical plane. So one of the things you're going to get out of this show is that's really significant is not only will you probably pretty, uh, pretty quickly be able to identify your own soul age, but you begin to understand the soul age of the people around you, including family members, friends, mates, uh, co-workers, people in the media. Um, once you get the hang of this, it's really powerful to understand the differences in soul age and what ends up becoming the priority and the focus during these particular soul ages. Um, you know, right now, perfect example of this before I dive into the material, there's a lot of talk about some real crazy stuff going on with these mega churches. Um, I just saw something about this on TV the other day um, where this one pastor, I think it's in Georgia, his last name is Dollar, by the way, uh, which is humorous, um, asked his parishioners each for $300 to buy a Learjet for God, so to speak, to get him around. You know, as, you, as we go through the Soul Age explanations, you'll begin to see that typically someone operating from that frame of reference is often what we would call late baby soul or more likely early young soul in terms of Soul Age development. So as, as crazy as it sounds to probably most of the listeners who are going to catch this show, which may be some young souls, but primarily probably mature and older souls who tend towards spirituality programs and things of this nature, to be understand why this is the case and also why so many people will feed and buy into this type of thing as well. So, um, you know, in a nutshell, the other point I want to make before I begin to talk about soul age, and I'm not really sure if we're going to be able to get through all the soul age information in this show. If we don't, just a 45-minute show. I'm going to do another show next month, and we'll continue on the Soul Age stuff. I have a feeling it's probable that's going to be the case. Uh, I can be long-winded, but hopefully entertaining in that process. <laughs> but uh, um, one of the things that um, I would really like to point out by understanding Soul Age is there's no such thing as a good Soul Age and a bad Soul Age. And let me give you an analogy to this. You know, it's not better to be 20 than it is to be 50. It's not better to be 10 than it is to be 80. They're just different frames of reference and different frames of points, uh, both carrying challenges, both carrying uh, abilities and, and joy. You know, all of that is, is not really relevant um, to, to getting into some type of dynamic of sort of putting people down for being, quote, unquote, younger soul. Uh, that's ludicrous. We don't want to get into that. You may catch a lot of sarcasm in my voice as I talk about some younger soul things because some of it can be quite theatrical. Um, but uh, listen, there's no intent, and this, and this is not meant to be a system to kind of lord up over others because uh, you're an older soul. No, not at all. In fact, for most people, you'll often see certain elements even in yourself. If you're a mature soul, for instance, you may still see pockets of areas where you're a little baby soul in your behavior or young soul in your behavior. Uh, so that's common, by the way. In fact, even in terms of chronological age, you know, listen, even an old soul child will have some elements of young soul, baby soul, mature soul um, experience or perception when they're 11 years old. 
or, or, or 14 years old. You often have to sort of grow into soul age. So the, the other point I really need to make here is soul age has nothing to do with chronological or physical age. We do not change soul ages necessarily during a lifetime. That, that we, once, if we're a uh, fourth-level baby soul, we're a fourth-level baby soul for the entire lifetime. We may even come back in another lifetime as fourth-level baby soul, um, or we might come back fifth-level baby soul as we progress through time and, and bodies and circumstances and ultimately progress. The one thing we can say for sure, though, and this is key, everyone's going to eventually get to the old soul stage. You know, some come easily, some come kicking and screaming, but eventually all come to the older soul stage inevitably in that sense as we progress through lifetimes. But um, again, don't try not to get caught up in that idea again of, of younger souls being quote-unquote bad because it's absolutely not true. Um, every soul age is capable of great kindness and even also capable of great cruelty. Um, you know, just older souls tend to be less inclined to that for reasons I'll explain as we go through the different soul ages. Okay, so in a nutshell, let me give you a little basis to this. So there are actually seven soul ages manifest on the physical plane. So again, so, you know, and then there's seven stages within each soul age. So there's first level baby soul, first level infant soul, first level young soul, seventh level young soul, seventh level infant soul, seventh level mature soul. Um, I'm not going to get into the level explanations right now, but think of it this way. A first level soul, for instance, first level baby is going to be sort of new to baby and still acting somewhat out of infant soul um, uh, uh, awareness. Where a seventh level baby is definitely going to be firmly immersed into the baby soul consciousness and way of being because it's done it so much. So that's a better way to kind of understand that. I mean, again, I'll get into that later on in, in future shows if I continue on with the Michael teachings. Um, so let me give you kind of just a quick sort of breakdown for the different soul ages, and then we will start um, talking about... Hold on, here I go, get my glasses on. Um, okay, so in a nutshell, the infant soul stage is uh, largely about being here early into the physical plane and learning how to cope. Uh, baby soul stage is all about creating st the structures of civilization. The young soul stage is about power issues, fame, and money. The mature soul stage is about emotional lessons, relationships, and self-karma. The old soul stage is uh, about becoming detached from the drama of everyday life, intellectual expression, and are typically often very gifted in teaching. And then there is the transcendental soul, which is a connectedness to a higher level, on a higher level, and the infinite soul, which is conscious of everything. So these are the seven stages, infant, baby, young, mature, old, transcendental, and infinite. Now, for all practical purposes, most of your lifetimes in the physical body are going to be through infant, baby, young, mature, and old. The transcendental and infant soul will sometimes manifest in physical, on the physical plane. I'll give you examples of that later on when we get to those, but it's less common. Uh, so we're going to be talking more in more detail about the stuff that you're going to be uh, inevitably more aware of at a personal level. So, um, you know, the first, you know, when you hear someone say, oh, so-and-so is a new soul, eh, okay, possibly, but somewhat probably not. Um, at this point in the game, according to Michael Channels and the Michael teachings, um, the youngest soul, I believe, is fourth-level infant. 
So there are no first-level new infant souls coming into the Earth plane at this point in the game chronologically in time. And as I go through the explanation about what the infant soul stage is about, you'll understand why that's the case. That, uh, you know, the, the experiences they need for their own development are um, more primitive. So there's becoming less and less primitive spots, so to speak, on the planet for them to have the experiences that they're seeking. Everyone listening to this program, listen, at one point you were first level infant soul, <laughs> chronologically through time. Okay, so the infant soul. So now it's caught up new into the physical plane. You've been cast from the Tao, from God in that sense. And again, cast doesn't mean cast out, but um, chosen to begin that evolution on the physical plane through reincarnational cycles. Um, what we typically tend to find with the infant soul kind of dynamic is it's all about survival. Um, you get a very raw kind of a disposition about um, for infant souls because they're very new to the physical plane, so to speak. So it's, it's early lifetimes. So what the focus, of course, again, is largely on really about survival. Um, they often perceive the world itself as hostile and unmanageable. Um, and, uh, you know, and typically through the infant soul lifetime is that one will live, you know, generally you're not going to find a lot of infant souls living to 100. You know, a lot of these lifetimes when we go through the infant soul cycle, we may die fairly young. We may die in infancy. We may die in our teens or we're 25 or 30. Um, it's possible to live, in, uh, to live to an old age, so to speak, as an infant soul. Again, it's not common, though for the most part, generally because of the conditions around what the infant soul is exploring. So um, you still can find pockets of infant souls now in the Amazon basin, in Borneo, um, some of the wilder parts of Indonesia, in Africa and Central America. Um, again, I'd like to point out that, um, you know, soul age itself uh, can be pocketed all over the place. Um, and later on, as we get, you guys get more familiar with the differences in soul days, I'll talk about different cities and states and places, even in America and in the world, where you'll have pockets of notable collections of similar soul age uh, kind of coming together. But again, this can be pocketed all over the place. An infant soul can live in your town, so to speak. Um, but uh, like, again, generally not likely. Um, a lot of the... A lot of the... Um, more extreme serial killers, um, the Menendez, Menendez brothers, people that really did some really psychotic things are often infant souls, by the way. Um, not always, but often. Um, and it doesn't mean that if you're an infant soul, you're necessarily going to do cruel things. But there is a dynamic behind that that does suggest that you probably will at some level. So what's happening when you're new to the physical plane in that way, again, everything is about survival. There's very little confidence in operating a body and living here and dealing with things in general. And then there's also a focus during those cycles about creating karma. So, you know, through, you know, uh, infant souls can sometimes be cruel. Um, you can see this behavior, you know, I remember when I was younger, um, I would hear about, other boys when I was a little kid, like seven, eight, nine, ten years old, who would do things like put firecrackers in frogs' mouths um, or give Alka-Seltzer to pigeons because um, they end up, the bellies explode and, you know, pulling wings off of bugs and things like that. Um, I even remember when I was about maybe five, 
we had anthills on the lawn. I remember me and my little sister pouring boiling water on the anthills because my mom suggested we do that to kill the ants. Um, I got to say, even at the time, it felt uncomfortable to me. Um, but uh, and I grew out of all of that type of stuff very quickly. You know, as an old soul myself, by the you know by the time I was thirteen or so, I remember like if I had to paint the fence, if there was a spider on the fence, I would take the spider on a, in a cup move it to another part of the fence while I painted that part. Oh, God, total old soul child. I was such a weirdo for the most part about killing anything or hurting anything in any way, just being very empathetic in that level. So uh, definitely not an infant soul here. But you can see that type of behavior a lot in infant souls because, again, that's what they're working on. They're looking at survival. So, of course, pulling something apart, even killing it, is part of their growth and their evolution. Now, eventually, karmically, they'll come back and pay that debt so to speak, um, and, and repay it. But that is one of the points of being an infant soul is the creation of karma. It's not a self-reflective cycle. Um, you, and the other weird thing I'm going to mention, by the way, is it's often very easy to tell soul age by looking at people's eyes. Um, I, the, the eyes often show soul age, uh, interestingly enough, and I'll, I'll, I'll go through that uh, as, we, as we talk through this process and recognize that um, with the other soul ages. But for infant souls, they often have tremendous difficulty making eye contact. They definitely the eyes do not look deep at any, by any means. And they tend to be very fearful looking in that sense. It's almost something like a little crazy, uh, I have to say, that you typically find in the infant soul um, eyes in that sense. It's very difficult to come up with famous examples of infant souls, uh, because they tend to not get famous. Um, and I'm going to make, there's a great book that came out in the uh, late 80s, early 90s by an author named Emily Baumbach. It's probably out of print. It's Michael's Cast of Characters, a not-so-serious guide to the Michael teachings. And she lists a lot of famous people and their soul ages, which is very cool. I may use some of those as examples. Very difficult to come up with um, infant soul examples. Uh, she mentions David Carpenter, Richard Ramirez, Larry Singleton, Again, they typically tend to not make it toward fame in any way for obvious reasons. You know, but one of the things you'll find is um, um, they have a kind of animal-like look in the eyes still. Uh, they often believe in the forces of magic and good and evil, spirits, demons, things of that nature. You'll often see some of this type of belief system operating with baby souls as well. But um, typically you see it a lot in infant souls. So as we progress through different lifetimes as an infant soul, we eventually work our way through toward the baby soul cycle. Uh, let's spend that much time in the infant soul cycle, again, just simply because you're not going to see too much of it. But know that it exists. Know that you went through it at one point, multiple times for that matter. And again, it's, it's the preliminary stages of, of development as a human being on a planet. So the baby soul cycle, when that comes into play, um, when you're born first level baby, so to speak, you begin that process of looking at um, life through the lens of a baby soul. Now, baby souls um, also, again, when we look at the eyes, you can tend to see kind of a, uh, still a certain amount of fear there. Sometimes there's kind of a quiet, there's a confidence, but it's more, again, I would never say that uh, baby soul eyes tend to be very deep in that sense, when you look into them. Um, sometimes the confidence is more if they're religious, and often they are, um, or very, very focused in a group or something that they belong to that they think um, matters and is valuable, but that it's not a, a depth necessarily. Um, so the baby soul stage is categorized by that ability to form the structures of society. 
So, you know, baby souls tend to look at life in very black and white terms. Um, often what you're taught when you're younger becomes something that it more, more often than not would become unquestionable throughout the lifetime. So if you're taught Christianity um, by a, in a fundamental way um, as a baby soul, you'll tend to cling to that throughout an entire lifetime. Rarely would there be any type of a change, or whether it's... Um, uh, uh, any type of religion or philosophy that they're necessarily uh, born into, although you'll tend to find things like uh, Buddhism and stuff like that not really being something typically that most baby souls are drawn to um, in terms of uh, you know life commitment, so to speak, in that sense. And you'll even find baby souls that could potentially be hardcore atheists in that sense. When you understand the dynamic of the cycle, you'll find that's often not the case, but again, it is possible. So what you find with baby souls is because the wiring is such that they're meant to create rules and structures of society, they're often very good at it. Um, the whole red light stop, green light go, yellow light slow down, baby soul. Um, you know, the, the structure of going to church in that sense, baby soul. We must go to church on Sunday. Sunday is the day of rest or maybe Saturday, depending on what religion a person necessarily belongs to. Um, Ten Commandments were largely written for a baby soul strain of consciousness or a perception of things, very simplistic in their approach. Thou shalt not kill, honor thy father and mother, thou shalt not commit adultery. A lot of thou shalt not, of course, fit very well into the baby soul head or idea, being told not to do something in that sense and simply not doing it. You know, that's why, of course, when you know things like gay marriage is an example, why this causes such a controversy is because because we still have large pockets of uh, baby souls on the planet. Um, to them, uh, marriage is a very it, the way it's set in motion is how it has to be. It cannot be changed in that sense. Um, that's terrifying. Often, change can be very terrifying to baby souls. Um, it, you know, this is not a sexy stage of development in that sense. It's often fraught with very very. Um, again, black and white perceptions of things. If you were taught that if you're white and you were taught black people were bad or, or you know, Asian people were bad or whatever other idiotic thing people come up with, you'll often stick to that kind of um, religiously, so to speak, even if the logic is uh, being defied in the process or you encounter something else. So it's very tough for baby souls when they encounter different things in the world because, again, whatever you've committed to in some respects is often what you will stick to. Um, you know, the Ku Klux Klan, of course, is, a, is very much a baby soul organization. You'll see pockets of, of infant souls drawn into the Ku Klux Klan. You'll even see some youngs that often end up acting as the leaders. But um, there is a tendency to be um, very, very rigid in belief system. Um, in some respects. Again, that's the nature of baby soul psyche because it is the attempting to set up structure. Now, again, don't get caught up in the idea that baby souls are evil or wrong. My mother, the woman that raised me, is a baby soul, mid-level baby. My mother's a wonderful person. I love my mom, uh, and so was my father. My father was late baby um, in soul age. I knew that when I learned all of this earlier because I always, as an older soul, I was always kind of bucking a lot of the things they believed or thought. Not in a mean way, just because it was cuckoo to me in that sense. But um, my mother, very, very rigid in her Catholicism. Um, and again, let me point out, you'll have mature soul Catholics, even some old soul Catholics. It's not about that. 
it's about more of a rigidity that you follow things to the letter of the law. My mother's a great example that she knows nothing about the Bible whatsoever, but she, uh, she is adamant that she has to go to church on Sunday no matter what. Even if she's sick, or we were sick as kids, she still had to go because God would get mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? So really, we'll stick to the guns in that. But, you know, on the positive side, you'll often get baby souls, too. Like, uh, you know, uh, many kindergarten teachers are, are baby souls. Many teachers are. Yeah, listen, again, there's going to be old soul, mature soul, young soul teachers as well. But um, often they're drawn to that at some level because it's that simplicity of working with people. So the tough thing about being a baby soul, and one of the reasons behind this level of progression in our in our evolution as going through the baby soul cycle is baby soul's job is to kind of steer the, the infant souls uh, toward functionality. <laughs> That's their job. They often get the ones in charge of taking care of infant souls. So often what you find with baby souls is when they run across mature old soul behavior, they try to rein it in the same way they would try to rein in infant souls, not understanding that it's a completely different point of view and perspective. So the baby soul, um, you know, we, we still see a tremendous amount of this even operating in politics. Um, you know, I can usually tell when I look at different politicians, their soul ages in general, it's fairly easy. You, know, you get someone like Michelle Quinn, that's baby soul, um, using some current examples. You get... Um, uh, Mike Huckabee, perfect example of baby soul logic in that sense as well. And also even very literal. Sometimes you could tell baby souls because they sort of, to me, they tend to look kind of pudgy. Even when they're not fat, and this is no attack against anyone being heavy or not. Was, please never even think I even think in those terms. But baby souls often look very, like I've always jokingly say, even an attractive baby soul up close to me doesn't always looks a little, there's something off there in that sense, uh, because, again, it's still relatively new in terms of development on the physical plane. So it doesn't, or just something about it doesn't necessarily look good to me. They always look a little weird in that sense. And, um, and uh, again, just, I don't know, babyish, for lack of a better way of putting it uh, in that respect. So let me give you some examples of baby soul stuff, you know, um, that they're drawn to. Things like... Um, uh, Let's see, of course, politics to some extent, uh, churches in general, um, the NRA, very, very baby soul, um, uh, structural club, rotary club, uh, PTA often is a big draw for, for baby souls. Again, attempting to create some type of sense or order, um, very, very common. Um, also, um, you know, there's just, you know, you, you can get uh, certain towns or countries that are or heavier immersed in more baby souls, um, places like Iran and Iraq, um, even Ireland to some extent, often baby souls tend to have a very strong draw to loyalty toward country as well too. Um, they love traditions, they love holidays, they love big families, they love clan loyalty, they love things like that. Um, often these are really kind of some of the more attractive and sometimes unattractive elements of the baby soul structure. Um, the book that I mentioned lists a couple of famous examples of baby souls. Um, I love this. Some of these may be a little out of date, but uh, definitely not. Uh, Jerry Falwell, uh, Charlton Heston, Adolf Hitler, um, Pat Boone, uh, Stephen King, um, Ann Landers, um, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, Richard Nixon, uh, Jimmy Swaggart, Oral Roberts, um, uh, Mussolini, um, 
so and I, I mentioned a few as well too of the more current ones that I see. Uh, again, I saw I, I, was, I was watching the Daily Show the other day and they had and uh, John Stewart interviewed uh, Mike Huckabee. He's an Arkansas governor, I believe, and he's just such a baby soul. You know, it just he is. He seems like a nice guy, but there's such a rigidity that I often notice. I remember when I was younger because both my parents were were baby souls as a kid. I remember I couldn't wait like to get older. Um, so I would be able to sit at the table with the adults. And I remember once when I was about 17, 18, I got to sit at the table with my mom and dad and some of their friends in New York City when we were visiting someone. And, and, and God, the conversation made me want to pull my hair out, which is why I'm bald, by the way. <laughs> no, I just, oh, there's, oh I, I just can't even stand it. It's very like, um, you know, it's very, very black and white. It's very like a lot of times, some a lot of times they can be racist without even realizing they're being racist. It's very judgmental. There's something very and it's boring, also to me. A lot of it in that sense, everything is very, very rigid. Um, you know, just as a general rule of thumb, you know, baby souls tend to. I always think of the baby soul. Even they're probably the type of people that if they're gonna have sex, they're gonna have sex with the lights off. Now, the human body is dangerous. You know, baby soul is not gonna go to a nude beach and not have a stroke. In that sense, they just have a rigidity about them. But here's the thing, guys. Listen, um, if you've got people in your life, now, again, I, I, one of the I love doing these shows, especially when I did these classes some years back and I taught people here, I love the light bulbs because you begin to see that where that rigidity ultimately comes from, they're wired to create structure. So they rarely will deviate from that structure in that sense. You know, holistic medicine, things of that nature are just alien to baby souls. You know, they often can be very, the doctor told me this, so it's a fact. The Bible told me this, it's a fact. This is what my, my, uh, my what, insert whatever heritage father told me, so I have to listen to it as a fact. There's often very little deviation from that because they are very loyal to what they've committed to. Um, I had a few, a couple of issues with my dad and mom about some of those things when I was younger. I wasn't very rebellious, by the way. My Libra moon it softened me a lot that way. But I had a few of stuff that were really ludicrous to me that they really clung to and believed that just seemed outlandish to me at some level, especially my mother. But, um, but uh, you know, that's the whole idea behind the baby soul structure. So... After multiple lifetimes, at least seven, again, could be 100, depending on how many times one goes through those cycles. Again, remember also the baby soul cycle is also about creating karma. They're going to be coming back and having future lifetimes. So you're creating karma. That's where a lot of this can come from. I notice this a lot when I hear people talk about guns as an example. Um, not every quote-unquote gun nut is a baby soul. You know, some people... So mature souls, young souls, even old souls may have been raised um, with, with guns and use them very, um, in a very healthy, positive kind of way. They understand the power behind it. But, you know, to me, a lot of times that sort of logic about being the hero, everyone should be armed so that we can, if there's a bad villain, then the good villain, then the good the hero will come along with the gun and shoot the bad villain. Again, very baby soul logic in its approach. Now, I, I hopefully or may have made some of you uncomfortable because if you're mature, so you, you may still have that, that kind of disposition toward that type of thing. But one of the things I always tell people is, listen, even if you shoot someone, even in self-defense, to some extent there's an element of karma that's created there. So typically for mature and older souls, there's a tendency to want to avoid killing or anything resembling that process at any level. 
um, because you don't want to keep coming back. You're trying to finish your lives off. But for the baby soul, remember, they're still in the process of creating karma. You know, a, a lot of the, the baby souls that are very homophobic and racist, uh, you know, at other levels, will ultimately reincarnate as a homosexual in future lifetimes. And there'll be places like Uganda and shitty places like that that they'll be able to be mistreated and, and grow that way in that sense. Um, but again, it's more common for young, mature, and older souls to have gained that kind of insight into being less necessarily judgmental in that way. For the baby soul, that is the focus. Or again, Richard Nixon, perfect example. Total baby soul. People loved him, but very, very rigid in his approach and his take on things for kind of obvious reasons. Okay. So, after all these baby soul lives that we go through, inevitably, the next soul age is the young soul stage. Now, I always sort of say the humor, the humorous point that we say with young souls is it's kind of like he who dies with the most toys wins. So, the goal of the young soul is to accomplish as much as possible on the physical plane in terms often of acquisition. So, what you find during the young soul stage is there's a much more finer-tuned type of a polish that you see. Um, often they've been, they've lived multiple lifetimes, they've gone through the infant soul stage, they've gone through the baby soul stage. So now it becomes a focus on being, really excelling in whatever degree possible on the physical plane. To do it as well as possible in that sense. That becomes the, the focus. So you've got a lot of actors, a lot of celebrities, a lot of politicians, a lot of people, of course, um, in the young soul cycle. It's very, very noticeable to me in that sense. Um, usually when you look in young soul eyes, they tend to look, they can look pretty, so to speak, but um, again, you often won't necessarily see a lot of depth, certainly more than you would when you look in the baby soul's eyes, less fear, but still not a lot necessarily of depth when you look in the eyes. But the young soul dynamic, again, as I joke about it, sort of being he who dies with the most toys wins, is very, very key. Um, perfect example of this, like whenever, even I, I don't ever consciously choose to watch it, but sometimes it's on in places where I'm having dinner or in the background on TV, but like Fox News to me is a great example of almost all the anchors to me are, are either are young. You can just see it. They're sort of pretty and well-polished. Some of them are kind of not so pretty, but um, <laughs> the, uh, there's sort of a polish about them. But look closely, guys. They often kind of shine, but if you really look in there, you'll often see, again, not a lot of depth to the eyes in that sense, not a lot of warmth necessarily. Um, young souls tend to not always necessarily uh, uh, particularly warm. Now, don't get me wrong here. If a young soul is absolutely compulsively devoted to helping women who have been abused, you better believe she's going to care about women. But the difference between a mature soul doing something like that and a young soul is the young soul is more inclined to be focused on doing this good deed to some extent for the prestige. Um, of course, it will help people in a very positive way as well. So uh, we, we need to understand that. But there's still sort of a focus on, 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 again, on some element of prestige or recognition that you typically find with young souls. So, um, okay. Now, um, let me give you some examples of the young soul think, uh, thinking or logic because it's kind of like desperately seeking success. Um, the urge is to amass wealth, power, fame, become sophisticated, worldly, making connections. Um, you know, the young soul is about as far from the Tao, um, God, so to speak, as you can get 
and, and all I mean by that is they may be religious or in their own way, but it's that focus on the physical that's so strong. That's what I mean by being it the furthest away. You know, often to me, baby souls are somewhat more spiritual than young souls in a lot of cases. Because usually when young souls are, I always think it's kind of, again, there's a, there's a purpose behind it. That's why I had mentioned before with these mega churches. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm amazed that people will listen to any of that stuff. It just seems like such horse manure to me, what's pouring out of their mouths. Um, exorbitant wealth somehow connected with spirituality. Odd. Now, sorry, I'm sipping coffee here as I'm chatting. Um, let me give you some examples of famous young souls. Um, tons of them, of course. And again, remember that some of the quotes I'm going to give you from this book are, again, a little bit dated. Um, we have Muhammad Ali. Uh, we have um, uh, Kim Bassinger, um, Charles Bronson. Um, let's see what else we can use as examples here. Cher to a large extent, uh, Dick Clark, Jackie Collins, Joan Collins, um, uh, uh, Joan Crawford, Bing Crosby, um, let's see what else, uh, uh, Billy Graham, uh, Jessica Hahn, Hulk Hogan, Bob Hope, um, Whitney Houston, um, uh, Mick Jagger, uh, Grace Kelly, uh, Groucho Marx, uh, Eddie Murphy, um, there's just tons of them. I'm just skipping through. She's got a huge list of these. Dennis Quaid, um, Dan Quayle, Nancy Reagan, uh, Ronald Reagan, Burt Reynolds, uh, Diane Sawyer, Martin Scorsese, um, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Um, so, okay. Um, so, it, in a nutshell, Vanna White, Bruce Willis. So, in a nutshell... You know, again, you can kind of see there's a polish here, which is typical of, of the young souls in that sense. Often, whatever it is that they're focused on, they tend to do really, really well. Um, also, again, the young soul stage is often a karmic building stage. They're still creating karma to a large extent. You know, the interesting thing is, I had mentioned this before, um, baby souls, the way baby souls tend to learn is by pain. They go through pain. So, for instance, if you're extremely racist um, uh, baby soul, again, not all baby souls are racist, but you assume you're racist baby soul, the way you possibly learn is say you're a, a white uh, baby soul and you hate black people, for instance. Um, you know, you'll have three daughters. Guess what? Two of those daughters are going to marry black men and then one of them is going to be gay. <laughs> Welcome to instant karma during a lifetime. But uh, then you're forced to deal with that, and it causes you pain in that sense. Um, the young soul learns through loss. Um, you know, it's sort of the classic tale, even if you look at the tale of um, uh, Charles Dickens of Scrooge, about him making the turnaround, the acquisition of wealth, the not caring, the not understanding of other people, and him making sort of a turnaround um, and becoming more generous. And, and listen, young souls can be incredibly generous. Uh, again, don't, don't mistake that. As a reality, but again, there's always sort of a purpose behind it in that sense as well. That's very, very key to understand the young soul um, structure and and its uh, and its uh, and its purpose. You know, many young souls will work and work and amass great fortune, and then inevitably, um, you know, be left alone um, and and you know uh, and unloved in some respects. Um, you know, many young souls will die wealthy with a lot of people that still love them in that respect. So they may not necessarily 
go through loss in that way. But, you know, the whole concept of um, cryogenetics, of freezing your body when you have an illness so that, it, you know, in the future when they cure the illness and it can be thawed, is such a young soul thing. Because only a young soul would, would want to not be so afraid of dying in that sense, because that would be like the ultimate loss or a failure um, of climbing the ladder, so to speak. Um, the only, only young soul <laughs> would go through that, um, not realizing that when you're thought out, you know, everyone you know and love is going to be dead. You know what I mean? It, it's such a dopey concept in that in that respect. You know, a lot. You know, plastic surgery. Listen, everyone that gets plastic surgery is in a young soul. A lot of young souls do. It becomes that cartoon of not allowing yourself to age in a healthy, comfortable kind of a way. Uh, listen, I work out. I take care of myself. I moisturize. I, you know, I, I work to look a little younger, but I do no extreme measures toward it. I'm 50 years old. I'm very happy being 50 years old. I think I look better now than I did 10 years ago and 20 years ago. Plus, more, more, more importantly, I don't give a crap. I like being 50. I don't want to be 20 again in that sense. I don't, I don't care if I have a wrinkle or two. It doesn't kill me by any means. It's normal for the age more of a mature old soul perception, by the way. So a lot of young souls will go to great lengths to maintain that dynamic. And also to great lengths sometimes to show how successful they are even when they're not, in some cases. But what we find during the young soul cycle is definitely quite the polish in, at multiple levels, because they often do become smarter. They often do become more successful. Young souls can really get behind a cause if, again, they think it's profitable or even if it's logical. To me, a lot of atheists are young souls. Not all atheists are young souls, but many are. And, and you know, even to me, that's sort of a development in its own way um, about, you know, where you don't uh, believe in God at all. It's, it's a little bit more rebellious than anything else, I think. But it is very, very logical. A lot of the greatest accomplishments in practical senses have been accomplished by young souls. We need to understand that. You know, the Rocky story was a, listen, a young soul with definitely a dash of mature soul energy in the mix in terms of the storytelling and the relationship part. But it was, it was that rags to riches, that climb, which is just a young soul story in the best possible sense and what they thrive on and what they tend to do very, very well. So the young soul stage is categorized by this. Um, that's why if you're a mature old soul and you've got a brother or sister or friends that are young, you'll have to understand that they're not going to necessarily understand your point of view and perspective for the most part. They might think you're nuts. Um, although, I, that's the joke I always say. Often, baby souls end up being the ones who have to sort of take care of infant souls. And then mature souls are the ones that are the ones who typically get stuck, so to speak, in taking care of young souls who then drive them nuts. In that sense, that's the cosmic joke behind all of it. Uh, and that's that warmth that mature souls tend to have. So, okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it is. Again, it's often the rags to riches story that we find with young souls um, as part of their, of, of their dynamic. There can be a ruthlessness that can occur in this cycle as well, too, because of that disposition toward acquisition, which is so important and so strong. Okay. Now, well, look at this. We're already down to two minutes on the show, and then we're done. Okay, so I, I figured I was not going to get to all the soul ages. So in the next show, I'm going to talk about the mature and old soul stage. Um, I can tell you that if you're listening to the show and you had an interest in the first place, you're probably old. Um, so don't be shocked by that. If you're digging around to figure out what you are, um, most 
certainly not babies and very few young, a couple might though, um, be drawn to this type of material in the first place. Um, it's usually mature and older souls that get drawn to spirituality and metaphysical information to begin with. So you can cut those other ones out for the most part likely. But again, you'll start to see these different dispositions in the people around you and out in the world. And I do want to teach all my listeners to be able to spot it. It will help you a lot in dealing with people. You'll become better at it. You'll understand what type of an audience you're working toward, and that could be useful. Okay, so next time again, we'll talk about the other soul ages and the next show next month. Um, I'll be here at the beginning of the month with my live column read, and I'm going to do an astrology update show sometime in April as well. I've done one of those in a while, but we'll definitely continue with the Michael teachings each month. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I do sessions with people on this if you want more depth behind it. And again, go to my website at jimventura.com if you're looking for a personal session on any of the different things I do. And uh, sign up for my email, venturasadjayahoo.com, to get the monthly column. Uh, it's a blind copy. No one will ever get the column or name from me. Uh, it's a once-a-month column, but you'll get a lot out of it. So uh, if you're not already doing so. So thanks for joining me today for a discussion of Soul Age. We'll catch you in a month. And everybody have an awesome day or night, depending on where you're at in time. Cheers. <laughs>